What's up, movie fans and Netflix bingers? This is the Bros Who Binge podcast back from a week hiatus, but it's me, Adam Schubert, and as always, joined by Lyndon Burton. Lyndon, how was your trip? It was good, man. Got out, like, didn't hang out with anybody, didn't didn't go anywhere, just stayed at the at the condo, used a lot of hand sanitizer, wore a mask, wasn't messing around. And good thing I got out when I did because Florida became a, in, a, a cesspool of corona. Yeah, Florida and Texas, which is really funny now. They're talking about uh, Louisiana banning people from traveling from Texas. And yeah. it was like like payback from when Texas was doing the same. But, yeah, they were yeah. banning us. But uh yeah, I guess that's that's the way it goes. A lot of people just took um just ran with it when uh they got a little bit of leeway. It's but, crazy, you know, it's man. The way like, it goes. They met I mean, like- even even in Birmingham, I, I came up there because I was like, Well, let's go ahead and see my parents before I can't probably see them again for months. Yeah. And um and yeah, they're wild up here too. It it's a shame, man. Like it's crazy. And we're gonna talk about this a little later in the show, but just geez, people need to stay home. And I know y'all are gonna be like, Oh, Lenny, you sound like a hypocrite, you just went on vacation. I went on vacation before shit got bad. <laughs> and, yeah, I go, it was, and I I didn't go talk it, to anybody. I didn't go out to bars like all the time. I'm sure it was the same. Are. I'm sure it was the same with you where it was like, okay, well, you had this planned a couple weeks ahead and you were like, okay, well, it's starting to chill. We're doing phase two and all that. It was was basically phase three almost. That's what I was saying. I was like, oh, okay, now's now's the time. Exactly. Might as well. Now that uh, that I've done it, I'm like, oh, well, I'm glad I did it because now I can't. Yeah, exactly. And like, we needed that little recharge, just a little thing to get us revitalized because like i'm ready to pod man like i am excited to be back i'm excited to be talking movies i wish there was a movie for us to review but we're continuing our avatar rewatch and this week we finished book one i'm so excited to get into book two uh next week for the next episode we've got a lot to discuss with that as well as a lot of news and news that is exciting some news that is upsetting and just some news that is groundbreaking that will shake the structure of certain movie franchises. Yeah, just a lot of stuff to cover in the past two weeks because, you know, you before that, it seemed like we were not getting anything, but it just was so abundant the past few, the past few weeks. It's been crazy. Yeah, we take a week off and everything just happens. <laughs> yeah, so at least there's stuff to talk about. No, big facts, but uh, whenever you're ready, Shuby, I'm, I'm ready to get started, brother. All right, I am ready, so let's get into it. Um, the boys is going to be back. I know Lyndon's much anticipating it, but it's going to be a lot different than it was before. Instead of binge watching it all in one night, like he did, <laughs> it will return with three episodes on September 4th. And then the next five will come every week leading up to, uh, I believe October 9th. Okay. Look, and I, I want to get your thoughts on this, but this is this. I, I'm first, let me say this. I'm super, 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 super excited for the boys to be back. I was literally with all my homies, on vacation when this news dropped and we're inside the house and they're like, Lennon, why are you putting your headphones on? I'm like, because the boys just did this live stream, this and the, and they're back and there's all this stuff they're talking about. And I'm super excited for it. We get a, we get a look at Stormwatch. I believe her name is the new superhero. Who's going to challenge a uh, Homelander. Who's basically like this, Shaz- this Russian Shazam 
type character to if Homelander's Superman, then Stormwatch is 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 uh, Shazam, and she's from Russia, so she's gonna pose this big threat to the Seven. She's like this new this new badass member, so I'm excited to see how the boys handle her, and uh, excited to see because Karen Fukuhara, who is the girl with no name who's like this, the, the super crazy one. She said she's getting a lot more showtime as well as Black Noir, the uh, the hero who represents Batman. So there's a lot of stuff I'm excited about. But to me, I really like that they released everything in one night. This just tells me that they know they have something good and they're just trying to get the numbers super, super high for it. Which I mean, business-wise, I can't blame them. Just as a fan, it's kind of sad because like I like that one-day binge. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm iffy on the whole one day bitch now because I just can't do it. So mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter to me. So you um, you like the fact that it's gonna be week to week. So you got something to look. Well, and these episodes week. are fifty minutes long. That is true. So, you know, it's it's gonna be its own handful to to watch it at, during the week with you know when you have other stuff going on. But I mean, like when you look looking at that first look that had the the new character in the seven. I think it's going to be interesting that she's bringing in the perspective of like the new age tech of, yeah. you know, putting them on the live stream, not afraid to show, not, a, you know, kind of like the way that, um, what's her, what's her face? Star girl. Starlight. Starlight. Yeah. Just like how Starlight kind of pushed the envelope. This girl seems like she's going to push the envelope and just not even worry about it. I'm oh, I, yeah. I'm just really interested to see like, how powerful she really is. She is like, she is going to be very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? She's going to be very uh, combative against Homelander because she is Mr. Edgar's like choice. Like she comes from Seattle. She has a good record, but unlike Starlight, who was a little green behind the gills, so to speak, this lady is like, she's super, super badass. And if they're going to follow the boys comic book, she's already led her own team. She has like her, she already had a team. So she's just moving up in the ranks and she's just the guy, the, I mean, well, in the, in the comic, she's a guy, but she's the girl that Mr. Edgar is going to have to turn this whole thing around. Because if you remember, Homelander was kind of just doing what he wanted at the end of season one. Yeah, it was really interesting because she gives this level of pushback that you never see anyone give Homelander. And Homelander can't say anything because she's that strong. He can he can yeah, do that to Queen Maeve because Queen Maeve is like Wonder Woman. Like, yeah, Wonder Woman is strong, but like she can't beat Superman. Whereas this girl, she's like Shazam. She can beat Superman. Yeah, I'm I'm interested to see like what all that entails with her powers and all that. Cause I don't know any more of the backstory. So. And see, I stopped I watching. She's right, just a big time mystery. I stopped reading right before I got to know her powers. I think she might have some sort of electricity, magic, super like she, uh, I'm I'm going to look it up real quick. Storm watchers powers, but I'd rather just wait. You know? Oh, you want, you want me to wait? Okay, cool, cool, cool. I got you. Ain't no thing. I'll wait. But uh, I'm excited for the boys, man. See, this was my most, uh, my favorite show of, well, this and, uh, and um, whatchamacallit, uh, this and Watchmen were my favorite shows of 2019. So I'm Which excited. That similar. And I'm excited that the boys is, is coming back, baby. It's about time, September. Now I just wonder, Umbrella Academy is going to be out in July. So hope, we'll, hopefully season two of Umbrella Academy is just as good. 
Yeah, I took it out of the notes actually, but they did have some first images of it. Mm, how'd it look? Of Umbrella Academy. I mean, it looks the same. Okay. The same characters. But, yeah. you know, obviously, um, you know, Ellen, Ellen Page is back. So I'm interested to see what, like, her level of inclusion is with everything. And they're going to uh, a new, like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? They're going to a new, I guess, age of time? Something like that. I mean, there's still a lot left up in the air, and I'm sure we'll get a trailer around the virtual Comic-Con time. Um, yeah. So that's probably com- coming pretty soon. Okay. But real. yeah, the boys, ex- boys is really exciting. So we'll I'm, get that in just a few months. I'm ready, man. September, you guys already know what we're going to be reviewing come September. The boys. I'm ready to go. Yeah. So the other big news of the past couple weeks was a lot of stuff coming out about the Flash. So apparently Cyborg is gonna, is supposed to be in it. But the big news that everyone was kind of uh, freaking out about is that Michael Keaton is in talks to return as Batman in this Flash movie. This is huge. There, yeah. this is so Thomas Wayne will not yeah. be. They're not doing Flashpoint in the sense they're going to do some sort of Flashpoint, their own original Flashpoint, but they're not doing the Flashpoint in the sense of we're going to have Thomas Wayne be this this uh, Batman with guns and everything. But it makes sense because. If you don't have a Batman in this universe, you cannot have Thomas Wayne. It's a really smart idea because not only does it absolve the Ben Affleck situation, but it opens up the door to the multiverse. It sets up DC as this different entity from Marvel by saying they have all these different Earths inside of their universe. This could lead to the TV characters like Titans or Doom Patrol or CW's Flash to come inside of this. Probably won't, but it just opens it up. It also opens it up for uh, Robert Pattinson's Batman to come inside the world with uh, Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman and Ezra Miller's Flash. It also opens it up to make sense why Margot Robbie can be Harley Quinn in the Batman. But what makes me super excited is this allows for Michael Keaton to be older Bruce Wayne and for us to eventually get a Batman Beyond live action movie. I mean, I don't know if I would go as far as that. I mean, that could possibly be in the works, but I think that instead of making a flashpoint with the whole Thomas Wayne angle, it's a flashpoint into Batman Beyond. Yeah, well, look, I mean, and, and that and that's what Umberto was saying. Like, this could lead to Batman Beyond that, and that's what I really, really like. Like, I think this... I think if anything, we'll see him as old Bruce Wayne. And they said they're gonna he's gonna have the Kingdom Come bad suit, which is the broke where he has to wear all this armor and stuff to help him. Yeah, move. it's like two giant shields. Yeah, and it, it, he's too old. And I think we'll see him hang up the cape and cowl at least in the Flash movie, and then that will lead us to get maybe a Batman Beyond. And at the same time, because in the comics you can have a Batman Beyond and still have your Robert Pattinson Batman being the focal point. So it just works on so many different levels. And I think it's actually brilliant that they did this. Yeah, I think it was a a really smart call that no one really thought about. Yeah, it's bold too. Yes, definitely. Definitely bold. So I was kind of surprised that Keaton wanted to do it or that he was able to do it. I didn't know, like, with all the other stuff that he's had going on, like, how it was all going to work out. But, I mean, this is... a this is a really kind of landmark 
move by flat by the flash movie because all the stuff that had been going on i remember i was reading something where it was like going down the list of like flash announcements and it's like okay well well, this flash is happening there's gonna be no thomas wayne we are gonna have ezra miller and there's gonna be michael keaton as batman i'm like damn that's nuts definitely not what i thought was gonna happen a month ago it makes me, I know me too. It makes me interested to see, like you said, is Michael Keaton going to be, able, is Vulture going to come back in the MCU? Uh, are they going to do the Sinister Six? It, it, or is just Keaton going to be able to do both? Like that's, that's a very interesting look. And yeah, like, I guess he would be the first one that's gonna that would cross over and keep simultaneously. Roles. Yeah, like yeah. we've seen Dane Deschmalchen, like from Ant Man, exactly. yeah, being both. We've seen like uh, Digimon Hansu. He was the wizard in uh, Shazam, as well as he was one of the and uh, Thor. No, no, he was he was in Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was the uh, he was one of and in Captain Marvel, he's one of the the Kree soldiers or whatever. Uh, but this oh, is yeah, yeah, yeah. this is huge. This is like Vulture, the main villain of Spider-Man, playing back, going back to play Batman, and it just this just shows that like okay, DC's gonna pull from Michael Keaton. I wouldn't be surprised. Like, how amazing would it be is if we see Michael Keaton put on the suit again, and then like just as like a cameo, they have Jack Nicholson in Arkham Asylum. Like, if you remember the animated Dark Knight Rises. Uh, the Frank Miller adaptation when uh, Joker's in the seat of Arkham Asylum and he's not talking to anybody because Batman hasn't been around. But now we see Michael Keaton put on the suit again and we just see uh, Jack Nicholson smile and talk and he's like, he's back. Jack Nicholson never has to play Joker again, but that cameo is possible because of this. This And like, if we even want to go further, if they really want to tap into their lore, you could even maybe see Christian Bale a cameo in the future. It just... And I know that's I know that's me just grasping at straws, but it just shows how possible this is because DC's opening up their catalog all the way back to the Tim Burton movies to connect to now. And I think that will be something that will go forward in differentiating the DC universe compared to the MCU. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting point. Um, I don't think they would ever tap into the middle movies. I could see like anything from Batman and Batman Returns being fair game. Yeah, I don't think they'll um, do uh, Kilmer but, or Clooney. But, I mean, the thing about... Or Nolan, if I'm being honest. is Since it is a Flash movie, I really don't feel like there's going to be too much to do about Michael Keaton. Not that he's not going to have a main role. I think it's going to be quite similar to Flashpoint, where Thomas Wayne had a pretty key role in the whole deal. Yeah. But... I I really think it's just going to be that. Like, I don't really think we're going to get much more about it because it's not about him. No, one hundred percent. I agree with you. So, like, I don't. That's why I don't think we would see like a Joker cameo because I mean, it's really it's really not about that. It could be at the end it, of the day. It could be something Unless, where it's like a post credits that like I'm thinking something super super small to where it's like something to where it's just like oh, this is just a nod to the fans. But I do agree with you in the sense of this is he is a supporting character to Ezra Miller. Ezra Miller's going to go mess up the timeline and he ends up in Michael Keaton's Earth. Yeah, I mean, I think what could be interesting about that is what Ezra brings back from that in later movies. Like, let's say he does end up meeting up with Robert Pattinson's Batman down the line. Like, if there's some kind of incorporation of like, yeah, you know, you're going to see me in the future or something like that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. super. That would be like, let's say they don't even like separate to where... Michael Keaton's Earth. Well, no, they would. They, 
it, it's interesting, man, because they could do that angle, but then, oh, but it, it works because Colin Farrell's about to be Penguin, and it just, oh, that's so interesting that it could be Michael Keaton is the future of Robert Pattinson, or it could just be, I know how you turn out on a different earth. There's so many different ways they could Something handle like that, this. Yeah. And I just, I, I just think that this is going to be very dope because now you get to put, if Robert Pattinson's Batman is successful, which I know it will be, you get to put Ezra Miller in his earth. You get to put Wonder Woman in his earth. You get to put everybody in like, this is, and I know people, audiences may be confused, but this is comic books. Like if you watch the Justice League Apocalypse War movie, you understand that Flash can create universes and destroy universes in this Yes, the Ben Affleck Batman happened with Wonder Woman, but it works because Flash met, messed up the timeline, and now we have a young Batman, and it just it just works so so well. And I'm super excited about this. Yeah, or maybe something having to do with him incorporating with the Keaton timeline creates the the uh, the Pattinson the, uh, timeline, Robert Pattinson timeline. Yeah, yeah, and then just has Gal Gadot in it, almost and- like a. And it's interesting yeah, because I was that's say, why, like a reboot. and that's why Patty Jenkins says she hasn't started working on the third one yet. And it, and and I was interested. I was like, why is she saying that? And is it is it she doesn't want to come back? Is it COVID? But no, I think it's because of this. That's possible. I also think that she would also be kind of waiting on what happens with the Batman in general, just because, like, if you read, you know, I, I I'm glad that she did come out and say that because when it comes to someone who wants to see the, the the DC properties do well, you kind of want them to take a step and figure out what they want to do with this new Batman deal, you know, focus on finishing flash. They already got um, black Adam coming. So, yep. I mean, there's, there, there's already got things slated out. Uh, there's and, really nothing, no, no need to jump into wonder woman three, right? Just yet. And this I mean, is me- not going anywhere. And, and she already, she said it's going to take place in the present. So what's the present, where is Wonder Woman's presence? You know what I mean? Like, what is yeah. the present situation? So it, it just works so well on so many levels. And I think as much, and I saw uh, John Roca from the Schmodown and, and, uh, and uh, Collider, formerly of Collider, mm. saying how he wants Ben Affleck's Batman to come back. And I'm just like, to me, the fact that they're doing this puts a nip in the bud of Ben Affleck's Batman in the Snyderverse. Like, to me, this shows that we're going to give Zack Snyder his, his Justice League on HBO Max, but that's it because we have a plan going forward. Yeah, I think the Snyder Cut was just um, exactly as you said, just a nod to those people who stuck it out with those movies. And, it was like, and just to get people we'll to buy HBO Max. Cut. Yeah, it's like, yeah. we'll give it to you, but we have, we have plans beyond this. And like to me, this is, this is the first time I've felt in a while DC has a plan and I can I can see because you remember for so many episodes before we were trying to be like, how do they incorporate Robert Pattinson's Batman? Are they going to incorporate Robert Pattinson's Batman? How's Wonder Woman and Aquaman and Shazam going to all be in the same universe? How's this going to work? Now we can finally see the road that they're going to take. I can actually pinpoint it a little bit. You know, and I'm guessing, you know, the other part of this story that we didn't really talk about is what Cyborg's whole deal going to be a part of this. Because, I mean, we, we know, we kind of had an idea that he was going to be a part of it the whole time. Um, yeah, but, that's interesting, because, like, I don't know how Cyborg fits into this. 
I think he, it would be something about being on the other end of it. Like, let's say that he and Flash are like, okay, well, you know, we got this idea. We're going to go try and go into, through the speedverse. And he's like on the out, like back in the present, kind of like monitoring. Like, mm, Yeah, I could see him being more so like in the beginning and in the end, not in the middle. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. And that works because then when he come, when they come back, you could you could have cyborg looking different. Like you you yeah. could you could do it so many different ways. Like where yeah, he'll have the Zack Snyder armor to start, but then when he comes back, he may have more of the traditional armor. Yeah, or he could not be there at all. Oh yeah, you're right. He could not be there. You know what would be a ballsy move is when he comes back. It's not cyborg. He's Martian Manhunter. That would be completely <laughs> crazy. That would be wild. Like there's so many possibilities for them to do. I'm just super, super excited for where, where DC's headed with all of this. But speaking of DC, let's jump to some Marvel news. Hellstrom will come to H uh, to Hulu, not HBO, excuse me, to Hulu for uh, Halloween, a.k.a. Halloween. The description is, as the son and daughter of a mysterious, powerful serial killer, the Hulu original Hellstrom follows Damon, or Damon and Anna Hellstrom and their complicated dynamic as they track down the worst of humanity with their each own attitude and skills. Um, I don't know much about Hellstrom. Is this going to be animated? No, it's live action. Okay, cool. Well, this is the last little bit of the Perlmutter uh, TV division. Uh, I don't know if this is going to tie into the MCU. I feel like this is just like Probably a little not. bit of extra that like they already had this made. We're just going to put this out. Well, it's like, you know, with Runaways. Runaways didn't tie into the MCU or anything. Yeah. If anything, it could tie into Runaways. But, um, and, you know, the other... Other Marvel property like Cloak and Dagger and stuff like that, but at the end of the day, I think it's going to be it's really its own thing, trying to do its own Marvel horror deal. Yeah, and I think this will be something just extra. But if it's successful, you could always throw it in the Doctor Strange, uh, in the Madness of the Multiverse or whatever the the uh, mystery, whatever the fuck that movie's fucking called. But good, good for Marvel, good to uh, for Hellstrom that it happens because, like I said, this was the last thing Perlmutter was working on. And at least those actors and writers and directors who all put in hard work will get to see their stuff uh, out there. But next up, we got Robert De Niro, Oscar Isaac, and Donald Sutherland and Anne Hathaway are joining Kate Blanchett in the period drama Armageddon Time, which James Gray is directing for RT Features. The story will draw on Gray's own childhood memories and will tell a coming-of-age story that explains friendship and loyalty while America is poised to elect Ronald Reagan as president. This is interesting because the cast is really great. Kate Blanchett, Anne Hathaway, Donald Sutherland, Oscar Isaac, and my guy, Robert De Niro. I've been watching a lot of Robert De Niro movies lately from Casino to Goodfellas to Taxi Driver. So I'm interested to see, is this going to be more of a crime story? Is this going to be... Um, it's going to be what I think is going to be more of a, I wouldn't say political drama as in like politics, but as in culture and society, mm. because if you wanted to look at parallels of who, what Ronald Reagan or the election of Ronald Reagan represented for America at the time is very similar to what Donald Trump was in 2016. Yeah. So you could be seeing a lot of uh, parallels of now and then mm. um, and, and through the eyes of this guy, uh, James Gray. Interesting. This, I mean, look, this. I like the cast. 
I, I don't necessarily know, like like you said, how it's gonna go. But the cast intrigues me enough. So hopefully, when a trailer drops, this will be something that'll be good. Yeah, I mean, terrific cast. I don't know much about James Gray, but you know, uh, it could be an, an Oscar film. Yeah, for it, what it, we're it, seeing out of these this group. You can't be mad at a cast with Robert De Niro, Oscar Isaac, Donald Sutherland, Anne Hathaway, and Kate Blanchett. That is that is just Oscar bait. Yeah, let me see James Gray real quick. He uh, he, he done? has done. Oops. Let's see. Ad Astra. Oh. <laughs> Uh, he did the fucking one movie that I hate. <laughs> Jesus, I hate that movie. But you know, whatever. In the Lost City of Z. Yeah, I'm trying to see if he's done anything else. But oh man, whatever. All right, hopefully this is good. Yeah, the Lost City of Z is kind of interesting, but I don't know if it ended up being very good. Yeah, um, Lost- that had like that had Robert Pattinson and Tom Holland in it. Oh yeah, no, I do remember that. That wasn't a bad movie. It was actually pretty decent with Charlie Hunnam, Robert Pattinson, Tom Holland, and Ian McDiarmid. I kind of liked that movie, but it's Ad Astra, whatever. But I'm like I said, I'm I'm a big Robert De Niro fan, big Oscar Isaac fan. So hopefully this is this is fire. All right. Um, Well, this is kind of interesting for all you people who have jumped on the Quibi train. I know Lyndon doesn't watch any Quibbies, but no, I, I do not. This uh what's coming up this week on Quibi is um they're doing the beloved nineteen eighty seven film The Princess Bride is getting its own do it yourself makeover um by some of the Hollywood's biggest actors. So on starting today, June twenty ninth, um Quibi will release chapters of fan made mo- of the fan made movie every day, and from the from actors like Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner, Common and Tiffany Haddish, Neil Patrick Harris and David Burtka, Chris Pine and Annabelle Wallace, Hugh Jackman, Jennifer Gardner, Elijah Wood, Joe Hamm, Beanie Feldstein, Lucas Hedges, Jenna Ortega, Jack Black, what? David Olo, uh, Keegan Michael Key. Um, Pat Oswalt, Josh Gad, Andy Circus, Diego Luna, Taika Waititi, Zazie Beats, and um, I also saw Pedro Pascal in there. If I didn't say his name, they are all—they're all doing a little bit of a little snippet of the Princess Bride and you know Quibi short form film, and it was all homemade during their quarantine time. So it's, I think it's kind of interesting, and um, we'll see it play out on Quibi this week. It'll probably be clipped out and put on Twitter for all you people who don't want to pay for the service. Jesus, this sounds interesting, man. I'm have to. This might it, it just. I, I'm not a big Princess Bride fan, but the fact that they're the way that they're doing this, the cast, like I'm assuming that each group of two is gonna do like a couple scenes while having yeah, other people. If, if you go on Twitter now, you can see some of the um, the previews. Um, they Jack Black and and Pedro Pascal have a scene together that's out there and you can see some of the Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner scene as well. That's interesting. I'm definitely going to have to see your opinion on this. And this may get me to buy Quibi funny enough, just to see how, how this is executed. We're dope. Shout out to Quibi. But next up we got Jamie Foxx will play Mike Tyson in the new biopic all for all those rumors for years of him saying he's going to do it. It's finally happening to me. 
it's a yeah, little you had too, thoughts on Twitter. Yeah. yeah, to me, it's a little too late. I think Jamie Foxx seven to nine years ago would have been the perfect choice for Mike Tyson because Mike Tyson has this very specific voice, a very specific attitude. And I think Jamie Foxx has shown that he can do it. And Jamie Foxx, when it came to Ray, he did it very, very well. He embodied the character. He embodied Ray Charles. I think Jamie Foxx could have embodied Mike Tyson. I still think he can. I just feel that he's a little too old at the moment, but they do have de-aging technology. I think it would be interesting to have it be Jamie Foxx play this older version of Mike Tyson who's doing this podcast, who's enlightened, and then we go to flashbacks of him. They tell the story through flashbacks, and that's how they do the de-aging technology. I just, I'm just interested to see how they do this. That's a good idea. Uh, I, I would kind of think that they would want to do the same thing. I mean, I don't really think Jamie Foxx looks that old, and but I guess you know a lot of Mike Tyson's prime happened when he was like in his late or when early, early late twenties. Yeah, like so Mike Tyson was Mike Tyson. But like, what would you what would you do? You can't really find an unknown person to do a whole biopic of Mike Tyson. Yeah, you he, can't. I, I mean, I don't really know of anyone who could match the voice. Like my first thought when I was like look wise, I feel like you know maybe you could find some actors that are younger that would fit the look but would they be able to do the voice that's my thing like jonathan majors looks like mike tyson but i don't think he can do the voice yeah i mean i think jamie would be good for the voice and you know obviously if he's been wanting to do this for a while he has some passion for the project Um, like there's an interview that he did where he discusses like what he wanted the opening scene to be and that sounds absolutely amazing like him it, it he had it starting off in the buster douglas fight where Mike Tyson's about to get knocked out, and then all of a sudden, as he gets knocked out, he's remembering his early, like, his career up until that point. And I think that's very interesting. And then if that's the, if that's the, I guess, the crux of the movie, him getting knocked out, then we see what happens after. But I just feel like that was a couple years ago when he had that idea. I feel that just, like I said, my idea of him being this older gentleman recollecting on his life, and then that's how we go to the flashback. I think that would work well. But either way, I'm not mad at Jamie Foxx being Mike Tyson. Like, I, I can't be because Jamie Foxx is one of the best actors, one of the best black actors of all time. It's just, man, I wish this happened seven to nine years ago. Well, I think it'd also be interesting to do it from an older perspective of Tyson because I feel like, you know. They're two different people. They are very two different people. Like, the, the, the today's Mike Tyson is nothing like nothing Mike Tyson of old. So like it'd be ri- and I think that he could pull both off. Yep. Um, it, this is an odd, like, honestly, this reminds me of Denzel Washington doing Malcolm X playing four different or well, three different versions of one person. This could get Jamie an Oscar. It really could if it works well. Well, he was he was a what? He was nominated for Ray, right? He won for Ray. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, I mean, he he knows how to do this sort of thing. And, and, that, I think and, Jamie, and that's why I believe in him. Well, that's what, that's where I stand with the whole, the whole thing. I mean, if I trust anyone to do anything, it'd be Jamie Foxx. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, he can do just about everything. True. Well, He's a, just, a musician, actor, and uh, comedian. Did I see somebody, like, hating on tw- Twitter about Jamie Foxx can't sing, and then he, like, posted a video of him singing, and everyone's like, oh, yeah. look, see? You know, he did the, he, he posted the, fuck you, fuck you. Nah, that, that's one of the best fucking Jamie Foxx things ever. 
Yeah, that was pretty awesome. So, I mean, I was pretty interested to see the news, but I was really interested to see what your thoughts about it were because you were very vocal about it right off the bat. I, I, and I, it, it's not that I was hating on it. It's just that, like, I'm a big Jamie Foxx fan. I just, I just think that he might be, like, him and Mike Tyson are the same age right now. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's just like, well, come on, what are we doing? You know, but like, like you said, I don't think all- that an unknown actor could do this. I don't think that Michael B. Jordan could do this. I don't think that John David Washington could do this. I don't think that jo- Jonathan Majors could do this. This has to be someone with the car blanche of a Denzel, a Jamie Foxx. Yeah, to well, at least be able to pull off old Mike. Too. Oh, yeah. That's the thing. You have to be a talented so, enough actor to do both versions of Mike. And and I'm always wary about living people biopics. So but see, I think into, into, into that point, I think this will be different because I think Mike is so comfortable with the man he is now that we're going to get everything from the rape charge. Like, I don't think Mike's going to, whereas if this was a Michael Jordan movie, we wouldn't get some of the gambling shit. I, I, I 100% believe that. We wouldn't get some of the, the stories that people are afraid to tell. Mike Tyson's going to let Jamie do everything. Yeah, and I guess that has to do with your personal rapport as well and them having connection. Make, yeah. Makes and that just, work, so. Like I said, Mike, Mike's cry, Mike was crying on his podcast and just opened up, and that was one of the most beautiful things I've seen because he's such a different person now, like we said. Yeah, so... Um, I don't really know much more about this film other than this casting, but I would be interested to see who's behind it. Yeah, the director's going to be very key. I hope they get like someone of high note. Like, if like I know Scorsese wouldn't do this, but like I want someone with that type of type of car blanche. Like Ryan Coogler would be great to do this. That's what I was about to say. I was like, why would I get the one of the big names and black directors. Yeah, no, 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 no. I, I, then I, that's why I'm th- like, Ryan Cooler would be great to do this. And I think that would put him, like right now he's the blockbuster guy. Oh, Martin I, Scorsese was previously linked to the project. See what I'm saying? Like, this is that type of movie. Like, this is an Oscar level quality movie. And and the reason why I say Scorsese, because Scorsese did Raging Bull. Like, Scorsese has has chops inside of the boxing world, but... Like you said, let's give it to a black director because Scorsese, I don't know if he can get some of the culture elements of Mike. Like Mike Tyson was doing, was in hip hop videos. Mike Tyson was, like Mike Tyson was doing so much stuff in the black community. Whereas, no disrespect to Scorsese, I just feel that Kugler may be able to tap into some of that, that soul aspect of it more so. Yeah. Yeah, I can see it. Uh, Or, you know, maybe... They find someone else. Someone, I yeah. I, I, but I don't want Jordan Peele doing this. Like, I'm just gonna be upfront. Like, no, sir. <laughs> this has to be like Coogler, Scorsese. Like, those are the only two names I can think of that I would want to do this. Yeah, I mean, I don't really see any other names. Spike Lee would be around. interesting, but I think that would be a, a weird movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Spike. I'm, I mean, Spike's like Tarantino. I, I like Spike they they Lee. they tell their own stories. Yeah, he's got a style. Yeah, and I just don't know if like this that works with Mike Tyson. Style. Yeah, no, I agree with you one thousand percent. But shit, if Coogler did it, this could put Coogler. Like I said, this could take Coogler from the blockbuster guy to just one of those dudes. Well, one guy who's starting to get a label of that reboot guy is uh, Joseph Kaczynski because he's set to direct not only Top Gun Maverick. 
but a, a new reboot of the 1996 blockbuster Twister. Ooh, I know this is your alley with disaster films. Uh, yeah, but I mean, I'm not really like huge on Twister. It's not like a movie that I'm like, oh, you know what's a great movie? Twister. <laughs> like, it's just about a tornado. Yeah. It's, not like, you know, it's not like Armageddon. But like, um, you know, Twister's made a resurgence now. Now that it's on Netflix. And I guess people are getting back on the hype. Um, like it's one of the it's one of the lamer it's one of the lamer rides of Universal. If you ever go to Universal, it is. <laughs> um, but cool, Twister Twister could be back. Um, I'd wonder who they if they would bring back any of the old cast or if it would just be. I don't even know. I, mean, I, I can't even think. It's of really it's, easy to reboot. It you is. Re- you, you just go to any old town in Oklahoma and say, "Hey, look, a Twister." <laughs> so. And that's what I was about to say. Like, I don't know how they make this fresh. How do you not make it fresh? It's, it's just a new twister. No, no, but I, I, I agree with you well, with that. But I'm the, saying, the, like, how do you make it, like, interesting for 2020? Well, I, that's what I was going to say. You you modernize it. You know, mm. in 1996, they weren't dealing with a lot of the technology that you have now. So you, now you have, like, some serious storm chasing as being part of, like, one of the side plots. True. You know, um, uh, other, you know... The, uh, there's just incorporating technology in it in general, just with maybe social media camera views. Like, I, yeah, you know, I'm, true. Like a Snapchat, like, oh my gosh, this is the Twister. Yeah, like I'm. I know some people are kind of against that sort of thing, but I've always kind of liked the whole element of like using a, a, the camera phone as like an element to, to of storytelling um, within a film. And I was always a big proponent on the whole Cloverfield deal. Where, like, I actually I loved, like that for this. I love the whole, like, oh, yeah, we don't know what's happening, but, like, we're doing our thing. So, I mean, I could totally see them taking a a page like that. But I also think that um, having, like, a really big-time storm-chasing element could, could be cool with it. But I actually, You actually might have sold me on it. That's, that's why we're a good tandem, my friend, because – that's the only way I can see this movie working. Like throwing in like GoPro camera ain't like a, somebody storm. Like, yeah, we're here today with such and such storm chasers. We're we're following the big tornado of the year, the Twister, and we could get it from different Snapchat. Ca- like, I think that would be interesting. Yeah, I mean, you know, it may not be the whole film, but it would be at least that could be at least incorporation. But I mean, I'm not the one writing this. Yeah, and, true. Um, We'll see what happens. I, I mean, Top Gun Maverick, if it ever comes out, we'll have to figure out how people react to that because this is kind of the same deal but different. You know, at least he doesn't have to worry, uh, hopefully, about bringing back previous characters, you know. Yeah, this should be fresh. No, I don't think anyone's really trying to see Helen Hunt come back and do this. So. <laughs> no, I'm with you 1,000%. But next up, we got Robert Kirkman will soon reveal the release date and footage from his extremely vital adult animated series, Invincible, now being created for Amazon Prime. Uh, Invincible reunites uh, Kirkman in the, with The Walking Dead star Stephen Yuen as the voice of Mark Grayson, son of the planet's most powerful superhero, whose own... in innate superhuman powers manifest after he turns 17. The series also features voice acting from J.K. Simmons, who I believe will be the father of uh, Steve Nguyen, which works amazingly. Sandra, excuse me, Sandra O, oh, uh, Mark Hamill as well. This was announced in June 2018 when Amazon gave Skybound Entertainment produced an animated show straight to series order. I am super, super excited. Shout out to my guy Naps on Twitter. He is always pushing the invincible... Uh, 
the Invincible, I guess, uh, bandwagon. This is one of the best comic books of the 20 of the tw- 2000s and the 2010s. I really, really like this story. I think you will definitely love this story. It takes elements of Spider-Man, but makes it fresh for today. It, it just, it works on so many levels and it just is, is a really good take on the superhero genre and makes it its own Was it thing. like the son of Superman kind of thing? No, bro. It is, it, it, it is, let me see what I can Because he says he's the most powerful superhero, you know? Yeah, he is the son. Like it's it it takes from Superman, but it's 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 really its own thing. Like basically, Mark is this guy who is the son of the strongest superhero in the world, and like he gets his powers, and then he starts being a superhero. But then he learns of this conspiracy, and then this conspiracy unravels, which changes his life forever. All right. Well, uh, yeah, we haven't really seen. Robert Kirkman do much outside of the the zombie genre with his work in Dawn by or Dead by Dawn and uh, The Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead. So, um, yeah, hopefully this is good. But I, I think it works really well as animated. I'm glad they animated it because I don't I know the boys showed you could do gore very well and you can make a superhero show that's adult. But this this show here, man, takes gore to another level. Well, I think especially with Harley Quinn, I think people who grew up in the superhero cartoon era are looking to keep watching superhero cartoons, but they want them to have evolved. Yeah. And so and this, this will well. give, give that evolution of the adult superhero. Um, and we happening to- on Amazon is, you know, exactly where it needs to be. And look, let me ask you this now that you just to have a little quick side conversation. Is Amazon the best streaming service out? Um, I think that's a tough question because they don't have, they're not a lasting streaming service. We're like, uh, I'm, I'm done with the podcast. I want to sit down and watch something before bed. I'm not going to Amazon. True. It's more of like event. Original content. All right. Well, let me rephrase. Are they the best original content streaming service? They probably put out the best product. Um, I'd say it's between them and HBO. Now that HBO is a streaming service. True. Uh, well, you, you know what I mean. Like, I mean, HBO has always been a paid subscription type deal. But look at their hits, man. They have The Boys, Jack Ryan, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Hannah. Uh, Fleabag. Fleabag. Uh, the Boys. Now this. And uh, they just have so much good stuff. And then if you look at the anime side, Banana Fish, Inuashiki. Doro Doro Roro, like they just have um they they have they don't miss they put out great like you said it's event television they put out great content and then they move to the next project and it just they really care about what they're doing whereas a Netflix original we may have like sixteen Netflix originals but only three are good the rest are trash whereas Amazon when they're putting out an original I haven't seen a bad one yet even the ones that aren't popular. They're still good shows. Like, for example, the the the, the, uh, the detective show that's on Amazon Prime. Um, I can't think of the name of it right now, but it is it is it is good as well. The only other things I'm thinking that you hadn't seen isn't Hannah on there. Yeah, Hannah's great. Um, the Man in the High Castle. Yep. I'm I'm, I'm uh, that did no that was on was that on Hulu or was it the the um the James Franco. 
Stephen King thing. I think that was on Hulu. Though. Yeah, that might have been Hulu. But like you said, Fleabag, uh, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, A Very English Scandal, King Lear, The Man in the High Cast, The Tick. The Tick was so good, bro. Bosch. Yeah, it canceled though. Yeah, it did. Bosch was the uh, detective show I was saying, All or Nothing. Oh, yeah. Your uh, sports show that you love, Jack Ryan, Comrade Detective. The Expanse is now the the expanse went from sci-fi to on Amazon and the expanse is one of the best sci-fi shows of the, the 2010s, the boys, uh, homecoming, Goliath, undone. It just so much good, good stuff. The Agatha Christie ordeal by origin, uh, innocence, even carnival row, which wasn't like, it wasn't spectacular. No, it was good still good. Yeah, yeah, man. They put out great work. Yeah. Good omens is, is freaking great. They just have amazing originals and they know what they're doing. So I'm I'm super I'm super excited for Invincible and just Dang, you you would hate this list that I just pulled up. It's like the top sixteen or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it put the boys at eleven. What? What wait, what's what's one, two, three, four? Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Man in the High Castle, The Expanse, and Bosch. Oh, the boys is better than Bosch and Man in the High Castle. I'm not gonna argue Marvel. Man in the High Maisel. Castle is a little overrated for sure. It, it is, and like um, uh, they, they have uh, they have Fleabag at ten. If that makes you know, yeah, that's so they, that's they, they gave Fleabag and the boys, you know, a kind stiff. of a shaft. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I just I just was interested to see what you think because me and my friends were talking about just streaming services and movies over the the weekend. I'm I'm a big Amazon guy and I was pushing for Amazon. So I just I just was seeing what you thought. Right now, I mean I think that if I were to give my f- favorite streaming service right now is probably hmm. I don't know because I'm about to buy HBO Max. So HBO is my <laughs> yeah, HBO is my shit. I'm watching that when I get out of here. I got my girlfriend to start the wire, which you need to watch as well. Yeah, so we'll we'll talk a little bit more about what HBO Max is putting on here. Yeah, because we got to talk about some Doom Patrol a little later in the show. Yeah, so um, Margot Robbie, she's embarking on a new cinematic adventure. So we've seen her as Harley Quinn. We've seen her in some supporting roles. We've seen her in biopics. But now she's going to take on the high seas and the new Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Mm. Um, it's going to be, uh, I believe, written by the uh, Christina Hodson, who was the screenwriter for Birds of Prey. Mm. Um, and it's going to be Margot Robbie in the lead role. And I don't know if they're going to incorporate Johnny Depp or not, but uh, it's supposed to be separate from the reported reboot. And um, that's which is completely different than what they're trying to do. Yeah, with the, so. Cherno- with the Chernobyl guys. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. How this is gonna be, but it's an interesting, interesting take. Look, man, I like I'm a like I'm a big One Piece fan, but this is different completely from that those types of pirates. But I, I'm I I like the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. I think they got worse as they progressed, but like I think everybody thinks that the first well, two yeah. were great, the third one was all right, and the fourth one was trash. But yeah. this, if it's a fresh take, I'm down to see Margot Robbie in this beat my Margot Robbie, because if you remember, I believe it's the third Pirates of the Caribbean where we see the different, uh, the different lead pirates are in, from the different seas. There were a lot of female pirates in that group and we didn't get to see a, a lead female pirate captain. So I just think it, it works really well. So hopefully Margot Robbie can pull this off. Well, since it is separate from like 
the Pirates of the Caribbean reboot. Like maybe this could be set in a different timeline, future yep. or past. Um, and you know, you mentioned One Piece. You know, it could incorporate a lot of elements from some some different pirate stuff because what we've seen from Birds of Prey is that Birds of Prey was very flamboyant. Yeah. And so, like, maybe you're going to get some flamboyancy in, pir- in being a pirate in this world. I hope they go world. back to the past Which, more so than the future. Like, go back to where pirates were in their heyday, not to where it's the end of the piracy era. Because that's kind of what Pirates of the Caribbean ended up being towards the end. Like, it got it, it was showing how pirates yeah, were going yeah. out of style. Hopefully, they well, go it's back definitely in be the past. Back. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because I mean, so, this is going to be. Oh, I'm pretty sure it's going to be like a high action, high octane kind of deal. And give and give Marvel Robbie her 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 major blockbuster. Like she's going to have two blockbusters with Harley Quinn and now this. So hopefully, hopefully this is good. Next yeah. up, after years of working together on Saturday Night Live, Colin Jost and Pete Davidson are taking their comedy antics to the big screen. Sources tell Variety that the SNL stars are set to headline the wedding comedy Worst Man. For Universal Pictures, the idea is based on an original idea pitched by Joe's, Matthew Bass, and Theodore Bresman. The wedding comedy follows soon-to-be-married couple and family dramatics that ensue just weeks before the wedding. Universal's senior executive vice president, Eric Bayers, will oversee the project on behalf of the studio, and Saturday Night Live producer Lauren Michaels will produce the film. To me, this sounds like Colin Joseph is going to be the straight man who's getting married, and Pete Davidson is going to fuck up his wedding. <laughs> Probably so. The one thing that this makes me think of is there was really a big heyday for Saturday Night Live that they took the characters from the show and put it in on the big screen, you know, with Wayne's World and stuff like that. But not only that, but also taking their personalities and putting them on the big screen as pairs, thinking about Tommy Boy. Yeah. So this is a potential for Saturday Night Live to kind of try and bring that back, maybe. Um, we've seen it with some of their other duos um, that have kind of evolved past it, but seeing that Lauren Michaels is going to be a part of this, maybe they're trying to do it again with their current cast members, kind of give them some incentive to be a part of the cast. Yeah, and say like, um, hey, Saturday Night Live is still important. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. I feel like it's just gonna be like one big Saturday Night Live skit. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm not really. I'm not gonna say like I'm a hater, but I'm not really that big on Colin Jost and Pete Davidson. Yeah, I was about to say I'm more of I'm. I like Pete Davidson more than I like Colin Jost. I don't think Colin That's Jost true. is funny. I mean, I think Colin Jost is just uh, some Johansson's dude. Husband. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I was like some some dude who reads. The, reads news on Saturday Night Live and lucked up outshot his coverage. <laughs> yeah, like, I was that's all that. Colin Jost is, and then Pete <laughs> Davidson, you know, is also a guy who can outshoot some coverages, but yeah. is but at least he's been doing some good stuff in um on, yes. on the big screen. I mean, um, look, I've heard Hulu that the show, King that, of Staten Island is pretty good. I heard that as well, and then that uh the Hulu movie with him and that kid where he's like this uh he's this. I guess 20 some year old burnout who's like influencing this teenager who used to date his sister. That movie's actually really good. Oh, I don't know about that one. Uh, what's the, I, let me put, I'll tell you the name of it. Cause I was actually shocked because my girlfriend was watching it and I was like, 
why are you watching a Pete Davidson movie right now? She was like, sit down and watch it. It's actually pretty good. Big and Time I, Adolescence. Yeah, Big Time Adolescence. I actually like that movie. Oh, it's got Griffin Gluck in it? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's not, that's a pretty good little cast right there. John Cryer, Machine Gun Kelly. Like, it, 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 it's actually a pretty good movie. Thomas uh, Barbacusa. Like, it, it yeah, just has yeah. a bunch of young, young up-and-comers. Oh, yeah, for sure. Who's this guy, Jason Orley? Have you been doing anything? Oh man, this is like at least the one good movie he did. Good for him. Yeah, <laughs> it was not bad. It's just Pete Davidson doing that Pete Davidson thing. For sure. So, but you're one hundred percent right about Colin Jost. I was shooting his coverage. <laughs> yeah, Colin Colin Jost. I, I I think this is a Pete Davidson movie that happens to feature Colin Jost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Like like I said, Colin Jost is gonna be the straight man. Pete Davidson's gonna get all the jokes. Yeah, exactly. But um, let's move on to a guy that London's kind of been a hater about. Um, oh, that's messed and Will up. Smith is about to star in a th- in a thriller called Emancipation, which will be directed by and 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 what is it, Antoine Fuqua or Antoine yeah, Ant- Fuqua? it's Antoine Fuqua. Yeah, and it's going to be about William and Collage, or no, William and Collage penned the script that's going to be based on a true story of Peter, who is a runaway slave forced out with cold-blooded hunters in the Louisiana swamps on a torturous journey to the Union Army and his only chance of freedom. Mm, this sounds like Django, but different. But like, you know, it, it, I, and that's just me joking, but... It's going to be I, way more dramatic than Django. Yeah, and maybe a little more action-y. This is, this is Will Smith trying to go for his Oscar. You think you see? Do you think this is more Oscar? Or do you think this is more action movie? Because well, it ain't a blockbuster. See, I'm thinking this is more action movie because it's Antoine Fuqua because he's known as the Equalizer guy, the Training Day guy. He's not really done many you're, dramatic. You're talking about, you're talking about movies that have gotten a lot of good, critical acclaim. I, I know, but I'm just saying he's more of an action thriller guy. I don't feel like this is gonna be like. Will Smith being just acting his ass off, being dramatic, like is like this runaway slave. I feel like it's gonna be like him trying to kill people. I think it'd be a little bit of both. All right, I ain't mad at that. I mean, we're talking about. I mean, you mentioned two movies that start Denzel Washington. I mean, he's gonna try and pull the kind that kind of acting out of him. True, that is very true. I'm just, I'm just saying it's gonna be a, a little more action heavy than we may expect. Because that's just Fuqua's bag. Fuqua isn't just an, an action guy. But maybe he changes it up. I, I, it's, it's dope to see Fuqua work with Will Smith. Hopefully Will Smith can turn it around because he hasn't put out a hit in God knows how long. Yeah, yeah. That's that's very true. Gemini Man did not work out. No, it did not. And, it, and on paper, it's, it was supposed to work. So we'll see, Will Smith. Yes, um, we, yes we will. But I do like that it's in Louisiana. Yeah, I was about to say, Louisiana might be getting some money. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see how this all pans out. And uh, I guess, I guess you know, it's got to be w- different, but it is a true story. So maybe it'll be like one of those true stories that's really illuminating and kind of like shows us a side of history that we never really knew about. True. As we've seen through some of other, some other adaptations of, true stories of slaves or of you know early um black history like what you know i would say that what watchmen did in its series was very illuminating to people who didn't understand that part of history yeah true maybe maybe we'll learn a little bit something new here 
I would like that. And, and that would be very good for just the climate we're in right now. For sure. Um, Bruce Willis is going to play James Ford, one of a, a group of rogue soldiers in a futuristic human society who are fighting to save their race from destruction by a hostile alien species with the power to infect, infect and take over human hosts. It's, the name of it is Cosmic Sin, and it's written and directed by Corey Large and Edward Drake, um, who co-wrote the upcoming sci-fi feature Breach, also starring Bruce Willis. Frank Grillo, Adelaide Kane, and Luke Wilson co-star. Comic Sin is currently in post-production. So Ooh, expect it'll be here pretty soon. This does not look. Um, the premise sounds good. Bruce, I love Bruce Willis, but at Bruce Willis at this age with Frank Grillo and the rest of this damn cast with Luke Wilson, this does not sound like it's about to be a smash. Yeah, it sounds like it's gonna be pretty trash. Yeah. Like that's that's what I was kind of getting out of that when I first saw this story. I was like, oh, this looks like you know uh, Bruce Willis trying to do something good, but it's gonna end up being trash. Yeah, man, Bruce. And if you go watch Pulp Fiction, Bruce Willis is so good. Die Hard, he's so good. Unbreakable. So good, but I he just started doing a bunch of just trash action movies that just. Took his career down. And this sounds like one of those movies, man. Hopefully he can strike fifth element gold, but I don't know. His career ended when he went on Friends. (laughs) I'm just kidding. That's funny. That was a good one. Oh, man. But all right, let's get into some of our smaller stories before we uh, get into the Avatar review. There's plans to introduce Firestar into the MCU. If you remember uh, Spider-Man and Friends, she is the fire mutant who can control fire she's a a very popular character to some of the older generations there's plans to introduce alpha flight into the mcu which is the canadian x-men there and there's plans to introduce lucia von berardes into the mcu and if you don't know who lucia von berardes is she is before i uh say something wrong she is a Latverian woman who used to teach at the University of North Carolina in the United States after Dr. Doom was disposed as the leader of Latveria. The Americans helped Von Barter get eliminated, elected as the prime minister of Latveria. She then became public meetings, uh, mending between the two countries. So this just shows us that we're getting closer to Dr. Doom in the Fantastic Four. This sounds like uh, Young Justice stole their Prince character off of us. <laughs> well, look... Uh, this just all these little Marvel tidbits is just like X Men and Fantastic Four are coming sooner than expected. Hopefully, so, well, which one do you think she's gonna? This is gonna be in. Well, Lucia's gonna be with Doctor Doom, Firestar. I she could be in a Spider Man movie, which I would actually prefer because that's where you know Spider Man and Friends, the Probably classic anime multiverse movie. I feel like this uh, Doctor Strange movie is just gonna be a cop out of cameos. <laughs> You really like, let's, see, let's see like what little MCU characters we can get into this multiverse movie and then people will be like, ooh, Easter egg. <laughs> I think you Alpha Flight's interesting it. because Alpha Flight being the Canadian uh, X-Men, that Wolverine spent some time there. I think that could either be... I don't know if they're going to be in the X-Men movie. I And there was rumors... Well, the other thought about this is, is now that we're getting the Disney Plus series, like could this be characters that pop up in Falcon Winter Soldier... Oh, I was gonna um, say there's rumors that Wolverine because Moon Knight. I know we didn't. I didn't know we didn't put this on the docket, but 
and I forgot about it till just now, but Wolver- it's rumored that Wolverine's going to get a Disney Plus show. And I and and I'm I want with to Hugh ask Jackman about or without no him? no with as the the new Wolverine the MCU Wolverine and I think that's interesting because I would much rather Wolverine get a TV show than and because to me Wolverine is like a Ronin if you don't know about Japanese culture a Ronin is a samurai that doesn't have a master that just wanders around and does different missions with different groups of people and Wolverine really is the is Marvel's Ronin, whereas you can have him in the X-Men movies, cool, but you can also have him in the Avengers. You can also have him f- do stuff with Hulk. You can have him do stuff here, there, and I think that's where we're going to see Alpha Flight, at least. Maybe not Firestar, oh, no. maybe maybe not Lucia Von Bardis, but I definitely think Alpha Flight's going to show up in the, the Wolverine movie. I just, I just I mean, don't think TV Disney shows. Plus is the right place for a Wolverine series. I mean, if they have no choice. But, it, but my thing is, how, okay, we've seen a bunch of Wolverine movies. We've had Hugh Jackman. We've had Logan. How do we differentiate Wolverine from the MCU? Let's make him this this the the Marvel's hitman almost. Let's make him as Marvel's this guy that can be on multiple teams, but he does his own thing. I can you know I could see that, but what I'm saying is is I don't think that Disney Plus can incorporate the kind of Oh, action and like action, yeah, violence and you know, mental state that Wolverine's gonna have to go through to be himself. True, um, but I mean, like, this is a Disney property now, so you're just gonna have to deal with it exactly. And, like, and that's my thing. Like, we've seen Mandalorian get dark, so like, I Mandalorian mean, dark <laughs> in quotations. Like, you know, it, it gets dark per se, but like, I'm talking Wolverine's going to be like slicing slice throats. Like, <laughs> no, I mean, you're right. <laughs> Hopefully, but maybe this they won't even be- show, they, they, they'll show, they only show people getting cut in half off screen on the Wolverine. That's true. But maybe this could lead to Disney giving us more mature content on Disney Plus. Because, like, for them, for them to do Wolverine right, you got to show some stuff. Like, you got to do it. Like, you know what characters, like, that's my thing. You know what character you're getting. Like, how else are you going to show it? Like, uh, I mean, like... Now, if you you wanted to do a different X-Men character, I could see that. Oh, getting a TV show? But see, I don't think any other X-Men character show... Can be alone. Yeah, it can be alone. Especially what's interesting with Wolverine's character is that he spans times. Yeah, and it just works to where the first season he... Let's say the first X-Men movie doesn't even have Wolverine in it. The first season of the X Wolverine TV show could just be him. His with, origins. With Sabretooth and doing all the Weapon X stuff. Sure. You know, yeah. And then, so, like, um, have him in the next movie, uh, Professor X fixes his mind. And then all of a sudden, after that movie, he's like, I got to leave, but I'll be back. And then in the season, he's doing some stuff with Alpha Flight. And then, boom, he's in the Avengers. Like, it just, to me, Wolverine should not be stuck in the X-Men universe. He should be able to roam around. Yeah, I mean, that's fair because we've seen him in stuff with, like, the Avengers. Yeah! like Toy he, packages and comics and all that. Like, he like he is an Avenger. He's a, an Avenger in X-Men. He works with Spider-Man. We've seen him, like, there's that animated movie with Hulk versus Wolverine, which I think needs to happen. Like, there's just so much they need the MCU can do they just need to utilize in the right way like we could have one season of the Wolverine TV show where he goes to Japan and does this whole samurai thing like it just it just to me 
works better by letting Wolverine be free. And like you said, it could span time. Like, if you want to bring Chris Evans back, let's have one episode where Wolverine's in World War II chilling with Chris Evans. That or, you know, Chris Evans in his, um, his life of Peggy. You could have them incorporate that at some point where Chris Evans kind of hears about this guy and, you know, him being who he is and wants to go seek him out and be like, yeah. hey, you, know, you, you can go down a different path. The old Captain America on him. Yeah, you don't have to kill people. And he's like, shut up, bub. <laughs> yeah, right. With his cigar in his mouth. It just so much you could do with that. And, and to me, that's where I think Alpha Flight's gonna show up. Firestar and Lucia von Bardas, I don't know. That's that's a little bit more broader spectrum, but I, I think you make a very interesting point with this multiverse of madness just showing different <laughs> MCU cameos. That's hilarious. But it, but it, you know, on the flip side of that, it could also introduce characters for the future. You know, this could be where we get the Fantastic Four first. Yep, truly. But next up, we got this. There's a new movie coming to Netflix on July 10th called Old Guard. The trailer's out, but let me tell you the premise of it. Led by a warrior named Andy, played by Charlize Theron, a covert group of tight-knit mercenaries with a mysterious inability to die fought to protect the mortal world for centuries. But when the team is recruited to take on an emergency mission and their extraordinary abilities are suddenly exposed, it's up to Andy and Nile, played by Kiki Lane, the newest soldier to join their ranks to help the group to eliminate the threat of those who, who seek to re, uh, replicate and monetize their power by any means necessary. It's based on the critically acclaimed graphic novel by Greg Rucka. It's going to be directed by Gina Prince Brythewood, uh, who directed Love and Basketball and Beyond the Lights. The Old Guard is a gritty, grounded, action-packed story that shows living forever is harder than it looks. I didn't know this was a comic book. When I saw the trailer, I was like, dang, this kind of sounds a lot like 100 Bullets, but it's a little different. And I'm a big 100 Bullets fan, and I really like the premise of this. I'll be watching this on July 10th. Schubert, did you like the trailer with Charlize Theron? Uh, yeah, I mean, I thought it was really interesting. Like, I was kind of about to be like, oh, another BS Netflix action movie. And yeah. then when the they got up from being shot, I was like, what? <laughs> That's where it took it oh, to the next level. And it was just like, oh, this is interesting. But when they show the, in the trailer, they show scenes of them being in like Egypt, doing, showing all their stuff throughout time. I'm like, dang, I kind of wish this was a TV show. I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, would they have been able to like, score Charlize Theron for that? No. Yeah. But I don't even not. think it does. I don't even think it needs her. I agree. Like, I think, I they think the story itself was is great. Yeah. They could have pulled a no name and they could have, they could have got an up and coming actress. Yeah. So maybe it could spawn a series if it gets enough praise, but you know, it would have to beat out ex extinction, and maybe people have already already have a bad taste in their mouth after that. Actually, you know, people like that. You know, yeah, shout people, out to people did people like out that. there who did who did like that. But. It was me and you that didn't like extinction, but no, because it was boring. <laughs> yeah, it was. Watch, watch is gonna be flipped for this. Me and you are gonna love this, but uh, the critics are gonna hate it. <laughs> maybe, but who cares? F maybe. the critics. But that's all I got on old guard. All right, well, next, Kristen Stewart is going to be playing Princess Diana in a, what is this, movie called Spencer. And it is going to be produced by the company that put together Parasite. And uh, the drama centers around a weekend in the early 1990s when Diana decided to separate from Prince Charles 
Uh, Jackie director pa- uh, Pablo Lorraine is on board to helm the script by Steve Knight. Okay, cool. I wonder if um, the crown and the family are okaying this or if this is going to be just something that um, they well, have the crown no got canceled, I'm pretty sure. So, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not talking about the crown. Oh, you, oh. I mean, like the yeah, actual. I mean, like the actual crown. <laughs> yeah. Um, like England, the part, like the, the, the royalty, like. Uh, well, it's one of those things where, like, if if it's done, if it's not done in England, then like, what what can they really say? True. Like, what like what jurisdiction do they have on what the heck I do here in America? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, so, I'm like, but and I think that Princess Diana, the true story, is interesting as hell. Yeah, I would it love, is. So, like, I'm really interested to see like what this weekend is all about. Yeah, because like Princess Diana was out there like being the princess for sure and being a like, good one while, while prince charles hey, huh, i know you know i know you didn't heard about all the rumors about his ass and i he got yeah, exactly. to america and testify but we're not getting into that on this pod so, so but i'm interested yeah. in this exactly no i'm with you so hopefully look look robert pattinson's doing his thing kristen stewart let's see you do your thing that was a that's a really big casting for her. It's definitely not someone I would have picked for Princess Diana. Me neither. See how it works. Yeah. Uh, but next up, we got Jordan Peele is now gonna is being eyed down by Universal to uh, do the next Universal's monsters film. We saw Invisible Man be successful. Ryan Gosling is doing the Wolfman. God forbid. But <laughs> so Jordan Peele is gonna do the next one, which he's looking to get Will Smith to be the lead. Schubert, which movie do you think they're going to give Jordan Peele to have Will Smith do? Uh, Will Smith? Yeah, and it's the Universal Monsters. Watch, I'll pull up the list to see which one. Yeah, uh, that's why I need the list right now. Let's see. Because, I mean, like, they already tried to do, like, The Mummy and all that. Let's see. So, uh, Dracula, I don't think so. Why not? I mean, it could be. Uh, Frankenstein, maybe. No, not Will Smith. Yeah, um, I'm kind. I'm, I'm thinking like the man, the creature from the Black Lagoon. Okay, him doing like a a swamp thing kind of thing. Yeah, I'm thinking the creature from the because like okay, it's either gonna be Frankenstein, Dracula. We know it's not Wolfman because that's a that's a Ryan Gosling. We know it's not the Invisible Man. It's either going to be Frankenstein, Creature of the Black Lagoon, or Van Helsing. I could see Will Smith being Van Helsing, though. Yeah, Van Helsing's interesting. But I actually think that Jordan Peele would be really... I think Jordan Peele would get behind doing Creature of the Black Lagoon because it is, you know, very horror. Yeah. Um, it's a tale of a tragic... Uh, of a person who has a tragic falling. He could tie race sure. into it. It, 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 just, sure. it just fits his, his wheelhouse. Exactly, yeah. And it kind of gives them the most to work with where like Dracula, Frankenstein are very we know I, the story. Yeah, you know? same thing with and Van Helsing. The Black Lagoon is something that hasn't really been touched in a while, unless you count like the Swamp Thing stuff, but that's a DC comic book character. But this yeah. is completely different. So you could do whatever you want with this. True, truly. No, I'm with you. Man, I was uh, another quick side note, I have two. Uh Thinking of Ryan Gosling, I rewatched Prisoners the other day. You remember? You, do you, have you ever seen Prisoners? With, no. Uh, with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and uh, uh, Hugh Jackman, the Denis Villeneuve, the movie that made Denis Villeneuve. Man, 
go watch Prisoners and tell me that both Hugh Jackman and Jake Gyllenhaal aren't, aren't doing their best Batman impersonation. <laughs> it's absolutely hilarious. And I was just like, man, Jake Gyllenhaal should have been Batman by now or Ryan Gosling. It just upsets me that both of them haven't. But speaking of rewrites and I was, I mean, remakes, I was looking at like they could do the Dark Army, but that is more so with like all the different characters. So they can't do that. And that made me think of the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. We should get a League of Extraordinary Gentlemen reboot, man. Like as at least a TV show, I think that would work really well. Yeah, I, I like that movie. I I could see it coming coming back and doing something with it. Having um, Alan Quartermain, or you can even update some of the characters. Like have Tom Sawyer, uh, uh, the guy from Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. You could put in maybe Sherlock Holmes. You could like you could. I think that would work really well, just with different book characters. Yeah, um, it it could. I think you would probably incorporate some of the same old. Um, the cast would probably be a real big part of it because, you know, Sean Connery definitely. Yeah, he made carried, it. Carried carried the movie in a way. Like I'm trying to think of different people because, like, I'm trying to see all the different characters because, like, look, they have. Jekyll and Hyde, Prince Dakar, Captain Nemo, Alan Quartermain, uh, Tom Sawyer. Tom Sawyer. You could even make it Huck Finn. They have Hercules in one adaptation. They have. Uh, um, I don't know who Dorian Gray is. Yeah, I don't know who Dorian Gray is either. Or Minda they, Harker. Oh, Dorian Gray is. Uh, I think that's Dracula. They just changed the name up because remember he was a vampire. I just, I just think they could do, uh, just, I think they could make it work, man, with different, different type of people and just make that a TV show. HBO would be great for that type of place. Like, that's just me thinking outside the box. But next up, we got Elizabeth Banks will star as Miss Frizzle in the Magic School Bus movie. Nice. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I think that she definitely, uh, kind of fits, fits the vibe. Yeah. She looks like her. It could work. It's just not for us. I mean, yeah, it's going to be a kid's movie. Like, what, you know, if they did a a more adult magic, like a PG 13 magic school bus, I don't know what that would be kind of weird. You know who I would have, you know, what would have been a better choice for me than Elizabeth Banks? Who? The mom from Blackish. Oh, yeah, why not? Like uh, I'm trying. I can't believe I'm banking on missing Tracy Ellis Walls. Yeah, I just think she'd have been an interesting Miss Frizzle, but I am mad at Elizabeth Banks. Whatever. Like like we said, this isn't for us. Yeah, they had Kate McKinnon doing a different adaptation, and she even Kate McKinnon would have been fine for it. I mean, True. but I think what goes to show is that Elizabeth Banks is like slumming it. <laughs> yeah, after she was talking all that shit. <laughs> Yeah, I was talking all that shit, but she was slumming it. Like, yeah. no one liked Charlie's Angels. Um, she was in Brightburn, and I thought did a really good job in Brightburn, but no Me one too. saw that. And and she was in Power Rangers, which was all right. Terrible. Yeah. I was trying to be generous, but yeah, I, I liked the Power Rangers themselves. I didn't like her in it. She was trash as Rita Repulsa. Yeah, so I don't know. Do you, girl? <laughs> yeah, facts. Uh, so Cobra Kai, the, the only reason I put this in the notes is that it's hopping off YouTube, coming to Netflix, for their first two seasons, and the third season will release on Netflix. Good for Cobra Kai. I'm glad because apparently it's really it's moving good. on up. Yeah. So good for them. It just shows that 
these YouTube originals, then they, they, they uh, YouTube's not a viable streaming service. Let me just put it like that. Well, it's it's not a viable streaming service for original content. Yeah, because that's not really what you go to YouTube TV for. You, you go to use YouTube it as cable. like a cable service. Facts. So I'm not really like going into the search bar and being like, "Ooh, you know, what original content can I watch right now?" Yeah, no, you're right. It, you go to YouTube for the YouTube creators. Plus, Netflix is the one that everyone has, so yep. get it to all audiences. But we're next up the final uh, small moves. Well, not the final small small news story because we have another one. But Bryce Dallas Howard is set to direct another episode of Mandalorian. Yeah, I just thought this is worth noting because I like to get a little bit of Star Wars in here all the time. And Bryce Dallas Howard, I would say, did what most people thought was the worst episode in the first season. But I actually really enjoyed it, and I thought that it her story told a really interesting part of the season. What was her episode? Her episode was the one on that planet where he meets the the girl for the first time, Gina Carano. Oh, yeah. And they yeah. have to fight the, uh, the ATSD walker. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. I don't, I, yeah, it was, it was all right episode. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't, I didn't think it was bad. Yeah, some people didn't really like it, but I thought that the character was really built up in that episode. And I really liked some of the comedic parts of it. Like I thought that that one was way better than people give it credit for. So I'm glad that they brought her back to do another, do another one. I'm and you could tell, you could tell that she's really passionate about, I didn't realize that she was so passionate about star Wars until I was watching that uh, Mandalorian documentary thing, but she really has a passion to be a part of the franchise. So, and that's yeah. what they need. I and mean, look, I, from Bryce Dallas Howard to, I'm really excited to see what Robert Rodriguez does in Star Wars. That's oh, going to be yeah. the West. That's going to be a Western episode. That's the Western man. right there. Yeah, like that. That's, that's going to be Cobb the, Vance. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Cobb Vance versus uh versus Din, Jin DeCarb, aka Mando. I wouldn't be surprised because th- apparently there's another bounty hunter who we don't know is going to like. Uh, we know the we don't know his name, but there's another one in coming in. I wouldn't be surprised if that's going to be that episode. Like. Robert Rodriguez is going to go ham, so I'm ready for that. And that's, like, sure. that's coming out in October, man. Ooh, are you Soon. excited? With, with Ahsoka Tano going to make her appearance? Yeah, I mean, I think that's quietly going to be the savior of 2020 as a, it, you know. Low-key, like, when I when I realized how soon Mando's coming, and they were like, yeah, Ahsoka Tano, Rosario Dawson going to be in it. I, I got so excited because it's like, I never thought that would happen, and it's crazy that that's happening now. Yeah, and that we know that the, she's going to spin off and get her own thing. Yeah, but true. yeah. So Ahsoka Tano went from that annoying character in that movie that everyone recognizes as the worst Star Wars movie ever to be in movies, you know, ever to be in theaters. Yeah. But now she's, uh, she's playing a crucial role in the re- reviving of the Disney Star Wars brand. Yep, she's very important. So we shall see what's going on with Mando. But... Let's get to the final thing. Movies are getting pushed back again after recent virus spikes. Wear a mask. Stop large gathering, you freaking idiots, because y'all are the reason why I can't go to the movie on July 31st, you fucking dunces. THR reports that... sooner. THR has reported that Christopher Nolan's sci-fi thriller has been pushed back from July 31st to now August 12th, Tenant. But most analysts... Well, let me not say most. Some analysts believe that the studio will be forced to move the film to December... 
which is which will be Oof. Dune's release date or even into 2021, which No Time to Die is now set for November 12th and in the U.S. November 20th. Man, bro, we better get Tenet in, in August so I can get Dune in December. Wonder Woman doesn't even have a date right now. That might be October or maybe even next year. This is just tragic. Well, what's tragic is that we haven't found a way to evolve from the... Yeah, you're right. You're so right. They should be doing drive-ins. Like, this should still work. Well, I mean, in Birmingham, they had just had people go on to a a minor league stadium. They went out in the outfield and drew socially distanced squares that you could go have your little picnic and watch on the Jumbotron. This weekend, they had Aladdin. That's fire. I mean, like, you can do stuff like that. Movie theaters aren't being creative enough. Or... Um, AMC and all of them are just lazy. Uh, no, not, I, would, I wouldn't even say greedy. They're just like so desperate at the moment to corner the market and make sure that they don't go out of business. But they could, that, I think they could do it. Like they could be the people. Well, they would who, have to partner with somebody. Like they don't true. have the facilities for it. Like that's true. Damn. Yeah. I look. I, I I just think we should either be up to v, video on demand or drive-ins. Yeah. Or you know, outside movie watching. With yeah. Social distancing. Something, cause like this is getting sad. Like, what's gonna win? The, we still are on the thing of what's gonna win the Oscar. The gentleman. The gentleman. <laughs> Like, what other movie came out this year that, uh... Scoob. Scoob? You're you're a clown, bro, to say Scoob's gonna win the freaking Oscar. Oh, my gosh. Animated Oscar. Actually, I got the five bloods over, uh, over, uh, over, um, um... gentlemen And Scoob, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, yeah. Uh, Well, you know, I guess the... Well, there's ten movies now in the in the you know the BS Oscar nominations. It better not be the extraction. Jesus Christ! I guess Christ. if we were gonna do five, you could do the Five Bloods, the Gentleman, Sonic. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, look, I got you. Back. The Five Bloods, uh, the Gentleman, the Lovebirds, the Way Back, and oh. did you watch the Lovebirds? No, I didn't. Is it not good? It's not a top five Oscar movie. Oh, damn. Well, let me cut that out. So, okay. The Five Bloods, The Way Back, The Gentleman, The Hunt, and... The Hunt. And, uh, shit. Invisible Man. Yeah, Invisible Man. You're right. Yeah. And maybe Bad Boys for Life. (laughs) Yeah, maybe Bad Boys for Life. Yeah, Sonic and for uh, animation. Yo, Sonic is gonna win the and the, the oh no, it can't win animation because it's half live action. It'll ruin visual and, effects. Yeah, it'll win which will be effects. crazy because of all of its issues. Either but, onward or uh or Scoob's gonna win the animation. <laughs> <laughs> no, this, this is fucked. <laughs> oh, you know. And by the way, I did watch Arnim's Foul, and I did not like it. No shit, it was on Disney Plus. <laughs> oh, bro, it was bad. Jeez, that's so. It was insane. bad. I can't believe they got Colin Farrell to do that. <laughs> that's why it was Colin only because he was Irish. Colin Farrell's was like, it? bro, I'm I'm trying to get to this Batman, get out of this bullshit. <laughs> they were like, hmm, Artis Fowl is an Irish character, so let's get an the only Irish, Irish person actor. that we, we can even think of, <laughs> and then we'll get a kid who doesn't 
who doesn't really talk like he's from Ireland. <laughs> I think he even is Irish, and so he doesn't even. I don't. Even, I, I didn't get that movie. That was weird. But okay. Anyway, let's go to movie on the rise. All right, what you got? Um, what just started this week on HBO is a docu series about the unsolved crimes of a Golden State killer. Ooh, I'm excited because that sounds like the Zodiac stuff, huh? Uh, yeah, I would say so. Word. Well, I'm, I'm definitely but checking that out. It gives like a different perspective from this one lady who, uh, let me see if I can pull up the full description. All right. But, uh, so I got this week, I got Doom Patrol. I got The Floor is Lava on Netflix, which is like this game show where they're playing the classic game, The Floor is Lava. They have like this orange liquid in it. It's really it's really interesting and really cool. Um, as well as I have a docuseries, Athlete A. If you know anything about United States gymnastics and the scandal that they had with uh, Larry Nasser, the doctor, this goes inside of all of that, the sexual abuse and the, and the rapings that he did. And I'm, I'm just, I told my girlfriend we're going to watch that documentary together because she was really interested in it. And I'm ready to watch it. And it just looks really, really good. And I'm glad that these women got their story out because that guy's a fucking creep and sicko. And the fact that he got away with it for so many years just shows the level of corruption that was in United States gymnastics. And that's just, it it makes for a great documentary. Yeah, I I heard a lot of great things about Athlete A. Um, Did you watch Floor's Lava? Because I feel like that's your type of show. Like it me. is my type of show, and I've been waiting for it to to pop into the queue of what gets watched during the week. Um, <laughs> but it did not make it this time. Oh, uh, so I'm I'm hoping that we can we can get to it here pretty soon. But um, because because I, I could have watched it many times by myself, but I do feel like this is something that like you know, my girlfriend and her roommate might enjoy. So I'm like waiting until that until it gets queued up. But um. But yeah, I, I'm excited for Doom Patrol. And, yes, um, I heard. So you, so you great. did watch Floor is Lava, and it is interesting. No, I like Floor is Lava. It's like Wipeout, right. but it's just you that's know. what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. But I'm ready for to watch Doom Patrol. I'm doing starting that tonight. But yeah, well, for um, I'll be gone in the dark. It it kind of goes more in depth on like certain murders and takes a little bit slow. But I don't really know too much about it since it just happened yesterday and it's based off michelle mcnamara's book and she's kind of like the person who takes you through it and she was there for first-hand accounts so i would check that out you know hbo doesn't do wrong yeah no i'm definitely gonna watch that since uh it's it's hbo especially if you watch their most recent documentary the one uh with the scandal with college us athletics and uh shit that was really good but Let's get to the Avatar rewatch. We're starting off with the Northern Air Temple. On their continuing journey north, Aang and the others hear rumors of a surviving band of airbenders requiring a visit to the Northern Air Temple. They find out they're not really airbenders. They find out that it's this scientist engineer and his family and, like, his tribe. And he sees his, his son in this this wheelchair apparatus, which allows him to fly around. We then end up, we then end up finding that... Uh, the guy, the the engineer is making balloons and war balloons for uh for the Fire Nation. It wasn't even that. No, he was he was making uh, weapons for the Fire Nation, but they when they decide that they're gonna go up against the Fire Nation, like you know, take up arms, they develop the war balloon, and then the Fire Na- and the, the the war balloon gets shot down 
but it gets shot down and to where the Fire Nation get to it, and that ends up uh, being how they create the war balloon. Truly, my bad. Messed that up, messed that up a little bit, but this episode was all right. Just kind of fillerish, but we need like new allies for Aang well, in the group. It, it's fillerish, but it it's fillerish that has payoff. Like you, this shows you the beginning of where you get the war balloon, which comes into effect way later in the series. Yep. Um, the characters that are you meet here are come back. So like it's, I guess a filler episode that has some weight to it. Uh, you know, the, there there was a purpose of them going there. Yeah, and and it was nice to see Ang go back to the Air Temple and like get some of that, some of the some of his vibes from this this his friend and this young kid. Also, very good use of. Avatar doesn't sh- shy away from showing having characters with disabilities with this guy being yeah. in a wheelchair and then Toph being blind. They really do a good job of highlighting different aspects of society. Well, I mean, it wasn't even aspects of society. It just kind of puts you in a more realistic perspective of their world that makes it more grounded that there are characters that are like this. Because I think what people kind of miss out uh, in fantasy stories is that they don't really give you characters that have those sorts of struggles like you know even in the superhero world only daredevil is like your really main disability superhero um true very so true. it's interesting that they him and professor they, x well yeah professor x is you could argue is just like a weird sort of circumstance too yeah but um, but yeah, I really, I actually really like the Northern Air Temple episode more so than the next one. Um, but I think oh. it's because the next one is just so tough to watch in twenty twenty. Oh, pa- <laughs> why? Because uh, Paku? Because yeah, because he's like, I won't teach girls. <laughs> but Katara ends up showing it to him. But I think, I think, uh, and that's what I was gonna say. Are we sure that it's I won't teach girls? Or are we sure that it's he didn't want to teach Katara because? He, he couldn't bang Katara's grandmother. <laughs> well, I, I, didn't it get to the point in that episode where he didn't know until the end? Oh, true, true. But I think there's no but way like, he that was the, see that, that was, but, but, you know, well, I mean, you say that, but then even the whole tribe that she goes to, they're like, yeah, you know, women don't learn how to fight. Oh, yeah, you're right. Like, that's, no. It's absurd. Yeah, you're right. I'm wrong. Go to the healing tent. <laughs> That's so fucked up. But episode 18, the waterbending master, after going to the home of the Northern Water Tribe, Angatar search for the uh, waterbending master and Soka becomes smitten with the princess. Ah, yes, this is where we meet the princess before the finale, where we find out who she really is. But yeah, you're right. This was hard to watch in 2020. But, you know, Paku, part of the White Lotus. This is another um, one of the uh, guys that I say, wait till later seasons to uh, see. But this is where we see Qatar really shine. And this is where we start to see the Qatar that we know moving forward. This is where she gets like her her grasp of bending and she learns from a master. And this is what makes Qatar super strong. And this is the start of it. Yeah, um, you definitely see that. And, you know, Aang getting his water bending going. But I really enjoy the Sokka part of all of it with him developing his relationship with the princess. And yep. um, it, it's kind of a 
It's kind of interesting, you know, Sokka getting all the ladies, man. Yeah. <laughs> the, I'm, look, him and Katara, man, those those Southern Water Tribe homies are the players of this show. They get all the They love. are. Like, maybe, maybe it's because no one ever sees Southern Water Tribe people and they're like, ooh, exotic. Yeah, and they're beautiful. So yeah. maybe. But all right, the next two we might as well talk together because it's the siege of the north part one and part two after hunting his prey halfway around the world uh admiral zhao zeroes in on ang's location and prepares to lay siege to the entire northern water tribe as admiral zhao army continues its assault on the beleaguered water northern water tribe Sokka, katara and yahweh try to revive ang from the spirit world we find out that the princess is the moon spirit and zhao ends up destroying the moon like half of the moon spirit Aang ends up getting uh, tapped into the spiritual realm and, like, ends up becoming the spiritual monster to help destroy Zuko Zhao. takes him. Yeah, Zuko ta- in to, to uh, defeat Zhao and, and all of this. Zuko does capture him. Don't we see the spider creature for the first time? Uh, that I don't quite remember. The but mini I faces? Do... Well, I think we do. That's in, I think uh, so. Yeah, I think that's in the last episode, uh, in episode 20. Um, but you know, you um, you see with the whole Zuko Ang thing, where uh, Zuko kind of gains his first bits of, you know, because we we've already had this stuff where he was like, oh well, maybe we could have been friends, and now you know they go through this sort of trial and tribulation with the storm and having to survive that, and yep. uh, kind of depending on Ang in that respect. Uh, oh, we do see the spider mini face for the first time while Aang's okay. in the spirit world. Yeah. And then we see the panda bear spirit from earlier in this in the show, and he ends up helping Aang get out of the uh get out of the cave and wake up. Yeah, the, the big parts here are definitely you know the Fire Nation trying to to make a big play and then Aang using the Avatar state to, you know, after his spirit world journey to kind of take everyone down and then of course princess ua going back um, to the moon going back to the moon becoming the moon which plays into Sokka's arc the entire rest of the show and i think it's big also episode directed by your boy feloni i think it's big mm-hmm. for uh iro and zuko because iro sees that zuko's starting to listen to some of his like uh teachings in this cuz iro was furious with Zhao that he uh that he uh, allowed, that he killed the moon spirit. But this shows, the, and we see at the end of it, the Fire Lord's anger with Zhao and the anger with Zuko and Iroh, which leads to Azula coming in book two. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And his, uh, th- this being the big loss for um, Zhao kind of shows where he kind of diminishes in the next few. Yeah, we never see him again. Yeah, not for real. <laughs> so... But and then this this is the end of the waterbending. Ang is now a waterbender, and now it's time for us to look for an Earth Master. Yeah, and like you mentioned with Zuko and Uncle Iroh, they really do kind of get onto the run. And we'll find out in book two that their whole story arc takes a really drastic turn. Yep, in book be- two because the Fire Lord is not happy with them. No, not at all. So, but. Yeah, man, that's that's uh, final thoughts on book one. Um, I think book one did a, did its job in having a good beginning, 
um, some very solid middle episodes that kept your interest and then an end that really was kind of a showstopper for its time. Yeah. I remember the, the two-part episode really being big on Nickelodeon that day. Um, it, was, it was something you had to watch if you were watching Avatar. It was like, if you missed it, it was like, damn. Yeah, because it, it really um, kind of came into a big culmination. And for a lot of people, it was uh, the last Avatar we got for a little while, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, like, I'm pretty sure like they a, took a little bit of a, a, year, a, a year, year break. Yeah, something like and that. And so, like, you know, this this was their chance to prove that they had something and they, they did it. So, you know. Book one is obviously the weakest link of the group, but they do a lot of good foundation building. Uh, get a, is it? I, I guess, I, yeah. Well, I mean, what? You, you going to put book three? That's a good start. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where, like, I guess it is the lowest, but it has, like, some episodes. Oh, some high that, moments. Yeah, facts. Some, some episodes that people really look back on. I mean, the Warriors of Kyoshi, King of Amashu, uh, uh, the Jet. Jet, yeah, the Winter The Solstice. Blue Spirit. Yeah, oh, definitely the Blue Spirit. Um, um I mean, oh, there's one a- of my favorites, the the Great Divide. <laughs> oh God, but but yeah, I mean, those a, a lot of it lays down its foundation. Imprisoned is another one where but you, you got to say get- book two is where we we meet the where we meet the characters of the show that people remember a lot, and book two is where we start to meet the iterations of Aang, Sokka, Zuko, and Katar that people grow to love. Sure. And I think, it, you know, like you said, it kind of incorporates the whole group as, you know, you get Ozula and you get Toph. Yep. So, and that's where we lose Appa. And then we see how Aang deals with the loss of Appa. Ooh, that's, that's a good so little arc there, too. Yep. That's and a good episode. Appa's lost days. Yeah, no, I definitely got book one because book three is crazy. Yeah, so um, I guess we'll we'll do some of that, but we're gonna have to mesh it with some Doom Patrol, I suppose, huh? Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have to mesh it with some Doom Patrol, but we'll be starting book two next week. All right, well, that kind of wraps everything up for this episode. We did have a lot of news. Maybe we should have held some of it off for next week, but it would have been too old. Yeah, so, exactly. We had to talk about so, all that stuff. So we got a lot in here today, and. You know, glad that the Bros Who Think Network is back in action. What do we got going on this week? Well, first off, I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone who has listened to any show on this network. Today is our anniversary. Today is our three-year anniversary of having the network started. I want to thank everyone from the bottom of my heart who listens to this show, who listens to the Bros Who Think podcast, who listens to Anime Talk, or who listens to Primetime. We truly, truly, truly appreciate you and thank you for your continued support. Without you, we would not be able to continue to do this. So thank you so much. Uh, this Thursday, the Bros Think Podcast is back. Be sure to check that out. We're also, Anime Talk's also going to drop a, a Tower of God season review because we didn't get to review the uh, final episode in last week's episode of Anime Talk because I had to leave early. So, but we're going to, me and Chris are going to give that as well as next week, Run It Back is coming back. You'll get Run It Back on Monday or Tuesday of next week, one of those days. And uh, Schubert's going to actually be a guest on Run It Back. It's going to be me, Schubert, and Krista, and we're going to be reviewing the Cowboy Bebop movie. Yes, I'm super excited to run that back. So, But other than that, that's all we got this week, as well as Anime Talk will be out next week, but you'll hear more about that next Sunday. 
but on the horizon. Uh, the Tower of God season review will be out this week. Uh, Bros Who Think podcast is Thursday and run it back early next week on Monday or Tuesday uh, with the Cowboy Bebop movie review. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. And just want to say thank you, thank you. Be sure to follow the Bros Who Think at Bros Who Think. Follow me at LimbyWT. But thank you guys for three years of support. We truly, truly appreciate it. Yes, thank you for all the listeners. You know, we're at 93 now for this podcast, at least. You know, getting really close to 100. So thanks for listening. Or if you're new tuning in, I hope that you keep listening when we get to some of the more meat of the the shows that some of our listeners from the past have definitely come to love when it comes to, you know, pitch it or the yeah. serious movie reviews. Or like the boys um, review, man, we're going to be doing that. Or, you know, Doom getting Patrol. back to do, do the Doom Patrol stuff that we had done earlier in this podcast. So, and we're getting back to that, but no man, uh, speaking of pitch it, we're, it's coming back soon. So pitch it'll be back within the next three weeks. Well, there we go. So expect that, but you can catch me on Twitter and Instagram at HUber14 and everything going on with the Bros Who Think Network, you should definitely look at. Um, And I hope everyone out there has a great week and stays safe from getting sick and helps not spread the virus anymore. So everyone stay safe out there and as always, keep thinking. I be in my bag, nigga. I be moving in the stripes you never had. Toshinori, I'm the man, little nigga. You can't clash with us. Match with us, that link disappear when the rope break. Pockets big mom, nigga. I'ma need the whole cake. Moving through the shadows, all you hoes fake. Want the hands, I'm not the right guy, nigga. I don't have no clothes gates. Spirited away, don't wear a mask, cause I got no face. I can't trust a soul move like the Oxus, I need more space. You ain't your persona, niggas acting like they Yosuke. I walk through six paths, nigga. You don't really know pain. Keep a gold chain, diamonds on the Cuban link. I don't say a word, it only matter what my Ruga think. My Ruga speak, Mr. Yellow flashes if you lose his blink. Hokage of my village, nigga, this ain't nothing new to me. Too ill, you niggas could never best me. Young Shofu start to chop with the sticks, it could get messy. Got a rocket and a burner for anyone trying to test me. Act a fool, the gun claiming the spirit like you're a mess. She got you niggas mad, goofy, see you balling your fist. Niggas hating, hit you, Gaia, he be all on my wrist. Think you nice? When I'm done, you'll be calling it quits. You niggas be doing that, but be calling it this. You nothing.